This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. My special guest and friend, Apostle Don Beasley. He's a senior pastor of Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois. Welcome, Don. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Well, we're doing okay. I'm going to just start off, and then I'm going to get your comments. It says, uh, Declaration, cease and desist and notice of liability from the World Council for Health calls for an immediate stop to the COVID experimental vaccines. Now, obviously, uh, Biden so far doesn't seem to care. But it says a consensus of world's foremost experts. Now, I'm not going to read them all because there's too many uh, professionals, doctors, scientists, But it says, among many others, consistently warn the world about the adverse effects resulting from COVID-19 experimental injections. They also warn about their long-term effects, which cannot be known at this time since most clinical trials will not be completed until 2023 and some as late as 2025. It says, in June 2021, Dr. Tess Laurie, co-founder of World Council for Health and member of the Council Steering Committee, courageously described the global crisis and called for urgent action. Quote, there is now more than enough evidence on the UK yellow card system to declare the COVID-19 vaccines unsafe for use in humans. Preparation should be made to scale up humanitarian efforts to assist those harmed by the COVID-19 vaccines and to anticipate um, an amalgamate medium to longer-term effects. says, uh, B, declaration. The World Council for Health declares that it is time to put an end to this humanitarian crisis. Further, the council also declares that any direct or indirect involvement in manufacturing, distribution, administration, and promotion of these injections violate basic principles of common law, constitutional law, natural justice, as well as the Nuremberg Code. And the Lisinski Declaration and other international treaties. See, uncensored facts. We know that children are over 100 times more likely to die from these experimental injections than COVID-19. Injected athletes globally are collapsing before our very eyes in spite of the fact that reporting systems are limited and passive. Millions of adverse effects have been recorded, which include death, paralysis, blood clots, and strokes. Uh, Wow. I want to read you another article. says, 367 athletic cardiac arrests, serious issues. 2009 dead after COVID-19 shot, real science. It's not normal for young athletes to suffer cardiac arrest or death while playing sports. But most of these come shortly after the shot. Another one. I mean, this is just alarming. This is shocking. It's laughable. What would the fifth, the fifth booster be? A master degree in COVID non-immunization or rather a master's degree in total absolute stupidity. Uh, That's just three headline news. Uh, Don, uh, what's your thinking? Yeah, I I, uh, I read that stuff and I you know I see and it, they're like they're having a really difficult time now moving the needle uh, about getting the people who are refusing the vaccine to get vaccinated and that that the people that want control you're seeing how they're responding to that boy they're just throwing a little hissy fit you know 
we got to do something to make it be able to jab everybody. And my, my question is, uh, to that has always been why they want to jab everybody when there's so much, there, there's at least enough evidence on the other side to say people that don't want to get this have good reason not to. And they can't overcome that with any, you know, any of their fear or anything like that. But I find what I find telling is that the manufacturers of these vaccines and pills and stuff that are going now, they demand immunity from prosecution from harm to humans. The only way that this stuff is on the market right now is that it's an emergency use authorization and they cannot be held responsible for uh, harm that they do to human beings, no matter what, even death doesn't matter. Yeah, only we've... one state, one state now, I think Oklahoma passed a, a bill in their, in their Congress. I don't know if it's been signed yet or not, but that you can get remuneration up to a million dollars for harm from, uh, from your employer. And I, and I asked an attorney about this about a year ago, and an attorney said that we would have to succumb to getting vaccinations. And I, I, did, I asked him on the side, I took him aside and asked him, I said, have you guys thought about this? The federal government has given immunity to, to these manufacturers of the vaccination, so they can't be held liable. But if you own a company, now you're a third party, and you force somebody to get a vaccination. You're not a doctor. You're not listed in these, uh, in, in any of these emergency use authorization or any of these companies listed as being immune from prosecution for this stuff. So I asked him, I said, so you're telling me that if I have a company and I force my employees to get a vaccination, I don't know anything about because the government told me I should, and they didn't give me any, any securities or about it. You're telling me that I'm not going to be liable in the future when all the when all the prosecution starts happening and all the lawsuits are filed. I said I, I, I'm an attorney, you are, but I would say, and he told me at that point they hadn't even thought about that. And I was like, well, you better be thinking about that because I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a nightmare. And so now we see the first states pass the law against that that you you can sue. But what I find is that these companies demand immunity from prosecution to harm, why would they demand immunity unless they know they're harming people? I mean, it's not like they, and then the second thing is they're now seeking to get uh, the, ing the ingredients to the vaccinations and the pills sealed for 50 to 75 years. If anybody even knows what stuff is. And to me, when I see people doing stuff like that, I'm like, how, how much do they really know that we don't even know? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, um, even, some of these officers have resigned, like the Pfizer vac vice president saying this could be used for mass genocide. And he is a whistleblower now urging people not to take it. I mean, again, you get back to the Bible, to those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. Uh, can't people understand uh, something is cynically wrong? Something is really evil. And uh, right. we're, we're in a you know, if people don't want to say it, uh, we're in a they're trying to have a communist takeover, uh, destroy the republic, move us into the new world order. Only the church can stop it. And Don, you and I know you're an apostle. So much of the church is out to lunch. They're asleep. They're, they're not even informed about what's going on. They're like the, uh, the leaders in Germany, other than a few like Bonhoeffer, that uh, did nothing. And, and 11 million Christians were killed because they were so asleep. That's where we're at in America right now. Many pastors are asleep, Don. 
That's correct. I mean, like right now, in my estimation, I just heard a guy this morning, he was asked a question about they're thinking about changing the definition of fully vaxxed now to, like you just said, the fifth vaccination. But they're talking about this booster shot, being you're not fully vaxxed unless you got a booster. And he, he stopped the lady who was interviewing him. And he said, unless we, unless we include in these new terminologies people's natural immunity, you, you can't even write a definition for fully vaxxed uh, people because he said immunities have proven now, natural immunity has proven to be so much better than, stronger than, than these vaccinations or whatever. And so here we are really at the place of an endemic. It should be being over because people now, you know, as this thing mutates and it's less dangerous uh, is what exactly what should happen. And we get on with our lives. But the people, every time there's a mutation and then these new pills that they just came out with, I think from Pfizer, there was a doctor on last night that said that, that, that when they put, they, they the, our federal government approved them. But he said three or four doctors were on the board of the government say, and asking questions about these things, and they mutate this virus. These pills are going to mutate this virus in mass. So they're going to create hundreds of mutations. And he said, those mutations, you won't know what they will do. They could be stronger or even worse. But they went ahead and they, and they approved it for emergency use authorization anyway. Uh, and just... When I hear stuff like that, I'm like, are these people completely brain dead? They're so stuck on, on a political narrative that science, I mean, I'm literally, you know, they, uh, in the whole, when people got this Trump derangement syndrome, we talk about the whole thing about in the news media and, and journalism died. I'm not so sure that on this science hasn't died. Well, yeah, I mean, they're as brain dead as the demons are that can't see reality because they're so far deceived in a lie. I mean, that's where it's at. And I read about a fifth booster, a fifth booster. And uh, we are in a, a situation where many people are, uh, if we want to say, brain dead. They're, they're so far into self-deception and, and uh, rebellion against God, like Romans chapter 1. Uh, they're under deception, deceivableness. And uh, they can't see that we're in a communist Take over, and only the church can stop it. I mean, you know, I, next week we're going to talk about eagle saving nations that I, I'm kicking off uh, in January. But uh, the church has got to rise up and, if we want to say, like the attributes of an eagle, soar and fly and lead and, and defeat the enemies uh, of, if we want to say, of our freedoms, of our liberties, the enemies of right. the church. We have got mm. to, and this is the church that's got to rise up because society's mm. not going to do it. Nope, they're not going to. I mean, it is the time of the church, you know, but I've been reading some interesting They, uh, when you think about the church is declared to be non-essential during this thing, and, and that, that when they, when that statement came out, that's when I said, we're going back to church, and that was that took me in jail, because I was like, we are, we are not only essential, we're the super essential element to what's going on. Yeah. And in the past, in past pandemics, the church was called upon to pray, to believe, and to bring hope to the nation or where we were. And then this time they tried to silence any kind of faith, belief, hope, and just for their fear-mongering, attack. And, but that was very effective in one sense because the majority of the church just sit down and said, we're not, we're not essential and we need to stay at home and we'll, we'll do Zoom meetings and whatever they do. 
And the, the, the result of that was, is the reports are coming in now, that about 30% of church attendance was has vanished in the last year and a half. So I don't know what those final numbers are, but that, that that's a third, a third of the church was just, I mean, it was put down like a, like you'd put down a lame horse. Yeah. Well, the liberals have always been after the church because we're the glue, we're the salt that keeps this country moving. Lyndon Johnson and others, they understood and they did not want Christians to be involved in politics. They wanted to continue their evil ways. Now, we could go on with this discussion, I know, but I want to get into this is the Christmas season. And let's go back to what we discussed on the power of hope, because this is where we're at. I mean, Jesus. Now, we, we, we all know, if you're a historian, that Jesus wasn't born December 25th, probably during the Feast of Tabernacle time. But yet, this is when the world is focusing on Christ, and we can still focus on Christ each and every day, including Christmas Day, and celebrate Jesus with family and friends. And I'm going to do that. But uh, mm-hmm. the most important part of this season should be hope. Jesus gives us hope of eternal life. And and I believe that's the most important ingredient that we can provide people, Don, is hope. Now, we talked about uh, Hebrews 6, 17, hope is the anchor of our soul. We talked about, again, uh, Titus 2, 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We talked about, you and I, how hope is the most uh, important ingredient people need. And if we're going to be an effective leader, we must give them hope. We must deposit it inside of them so they look to Christ no matter what happens uh, in America or around the world. Now, Mm -hmm. let's go over four things that I believe are so important. The results of the power of hope. Number one, it has, hope has the power to provide a tenacity of purpose. People filled with hope have an excitement for tomorrow and a view of God that is incomparable to living for anything else. It delivers a passion and tenacity to be who God called us to be. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. That's just point number one. Don, uh, you have tenacity. I, I, I know you. Your wife knows you. I know your reputation. You have tenacity. You can't just sit back and keep quiet when the Holy Spirit's encouraging you to speak the truth. And you will do Amen. it. And But that that's what we have when, when, when we are so in love with Jesus. We have tenacity because God gives us hope and we must give it to others, Don. Exactly. That's true. It's, it's, it's the firm assurance that we have that what we're doing matters. And it's, it's the, one of the things, I mean, if, I think in humanity, one of the greatest needs of humanity is hope. Um, and, and the hope and that sense of purpose that you're talking about right now books on psychology, self-help, and whatever, that's the number one thing that they uh, talk about is to find your purpose in life. Because without a purpose, there's no reason to get out of bed. But when you have a real purpose, uh, it it becomes something that drives you. 
and they say it's what keeps you up at night and gets you up in the morning and keeps you moving during the day is the purpose that you're aspiring to. And it's beyond just having, you know, it's, it's you know, people have ambition, but selfish ambition will it always take you so far. But when we start talking about the eternal hope that's ours in Christ, and that's why the Bible tells us in First Peter 3, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have because people are going to ask you, why do you do, why are you doing what you're doing? Do you think it really matters? And the answer is it really does matter. I, I get a kick out of a verse of scripture that's in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter nine and verse four. And it's talking about hope. It's talking about when it's talking about when you're dead there. And, and uh, but in the one verse, it says anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, I mean, the, dog, the, the lion doesn't scare the dog when it doesn't have any life in it. And so, uh, that, 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 and I think one of the things, as long as a Christian has life in them and as long as we have hope in us, we're the greatest threat of death. Well, you're, exa- you're exactly right. Let me capitalize on that. Point number two, and we're talking about the results of the power of hope. Number two, hope has the power to renew wayward vision. God's greatest gift is not sight, but vision. Sight has to do with what is revealed to the natural senses. But vision has to do with what God has revealed supernaturally inside you. It's easy to become distracted with all of the negativity in our culture and lose sight of our calling. But your calling as a Christian leader in ministry is to instill hope in the hardest times of people's lives, in their hearts, into the weakest souls that God has placed under your leadership. Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in speech. 2 Corinthians 3.12. Don? Amen. I, I think that when I think about this kind of hope and we're talking about vision, the Apostle Paul, who, I mean, you know, no one can, uh, can say that he wasn't eternally called or had incredible vision of God. And in Titus 1 and 2, 1, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, he attributes his calling to the hope of eternal glory. That literally, that's what literally drives him to do what he does. And he can contrast that in Ephesians 2 to said the people that do not have trust in God are said to be without hope, completely without hope. So, and then he goes on and he just gives a whole bunch of other things that this does. He gives great boldness of faith in 2 Corinthians 3 uh, to believers. He gives a believer, he said, if you boast, boast in this whole idea that you have open God, Hebrews 3 and 6. And he just goes through that, you know, this enduring virtue of the Christian life. And from it, love springs out of this hope. And the more we have hope we have in God, the more of God's love that springs forth out of the believer uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the very basis for why believers purify themselves towards God in, in this life. Without Nobody has to lord it over them or beat it into them or whatever. This eternal calling, this vision that we have in God causes us to become, try to become, be more like him or to imitate him in all the things that we do in our life. Amen. Point number three, hope has the power to strengthen the tired and weary. Without hope, people grow weary, will lose heart, want to give up. Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. 
Don't grow weary in doing good. What is the hope? The expectation of reaping. In due season, there's a harvest coming. Don? Amen. When I think about it, I, I, I just think about where the Bible tells us that Abraham hoped against hope. And it talks about how that he didn't waver in his belief of what God could do. Even though he was as dead and his wife's womb was dead, he believed in God's promise. When he was, you know, when I mean, when God tells you when you're at the end of your days of having children that you're going to have a child of promise, uh, it takes you better have something to help you strengthen your tired, weary bones. And it said there, Abraham, it was against all hope that he hoped and believed. Especially, do it, especially Abraham and Sarah's age. Right. <laughs> wow. So it gives hope to all of us that if we're tired and weary, that's what I love about the Bible stories, the narratives of the Bible. When your back is up against the wall and you feel like, man, I don't know if I can do this or it doesn't matter. That's where that Hebrews 11, this great cloud of witnesses are surrounding us and their stories from their narrative in the Bible increases our faith to continue on to fight the good fight and to lean in instead of leaning out of the battle that we're facing today. You know, you and I could talk about this for a long time and give examples like Joshua and Jericho. I mean, those instructions were for a military man were ludicrous, but yet God said it, so he did it, and Jericho fell. And you get into Moses leading him again to the sea with no escape. God said it, he did it, the ocean opened. I mean, this is what, again, uh, gives us that hope in the expectation of reaping. Amen. And number four, hope has the power to restore a broken heart. We live in a very difficult and messed up world. This is a world in which people are hungry for hope. They're thirsty for hope. They're desperate for hope. When life seemingly beats people up, tosses them to and fro, and then violently robs them of their dreams, all a person really wants to do is be able to breathe again and to hope again. Let's look at King David just a moment. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So hope is believing that the goodness of God will intervene in your circumstances. Done? Amen. I, uh, when I think about restoring a broken heart, uh, the hope that restores a broken heart, I think of Peter uh, when uh, he, you know, he was always right there, and Jesus told him, you know, that before this night, before the 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 rooster crows, the cock crows in the morning, you'll have to die me three times. And Peter's not me. I'm ready to die with you. Well, <laughs> looking Jesus right in the eye, he denied him three times in the face of a little girl. And uh, and he goes off back to his life, whatever, devastated. Jesus, you know, being crucified, dead. And, you know, he probably had, can't even begin to understand the amount of shame and that he had upon his life. And Jesus shows up on the shore and I, I love the conversation he has with Peter. He, he comes up to Peter, and he, after Peter recognizes him, he asks Peter, do you love me more than all of these? And he was taught, he, he was, I don't think he was saying more than all these guys. I think more than all this other stuff, more than fishing, 
more than this, more than that. You really love me that way. And, and Peter says, and so Jesus asked him, do you agape me? And Peter says, you know, I phileo, you're the lowest kind of love. And Jesus asked him a second time if he agape me. And Peter said, uh, Lord, you know. And then he asked him a third time, do you really phileo me? And Peter says, Lord, you, you, know, you know the answer to that. And Jesus said, if you really do love me, then go feed my sheep. And when I, uh, as difficult as it was, you know, he came back and he took the three times that Peter denied him and gave three, Peter three times to re-own him and, uh, and then called him. But then, then they're walking away and Peter, and Peter asked about, uh, he tells Peter how you're going to die. You're going to be led around like this. And then he asked him about the other guys. And I love what he says to Peter. He said, Peter, that's really none of your business. Uh, just do what I've asked you to do. But I just think, when I think of him, I think of, you know, when you were in your very worst, lowest time of all, Jesus himself will come to you and restore you with hope. With his forgiveness, his love, his grace, and hope, and put you back on track. Not to do some secondary thing, but what he actually called you to do. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest today, Apostle Don Beasley, Senior Pastor of Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. May God richly bless you all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.